You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Go! Oh! Go! <laughs> Ali what a Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club who have recorded back-to-back wins again, so the up and down, the roller coaster of being a jambo in true flow at the moment. It's it's like Alton Towers these days, isn't it? I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson, a little later than we <laughs> had originally planned. There was meant to be two episodes last week, just one, but that's a, that's a whole other saga. <laughs> Yeah, I, I sense um, a little bit of maybe excitement, maybe enthusiasm, maybe effervescence in, in your voice because the chase is over. It's been a long wait, <laughs> but finally, no, not Hearts have won back-to-back games again, but Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy. The cat is home. How, how does that feel for you? Feels very good. And I should clarify now, lots of you listening will be on social media, will be on Twitter, and will know exactly what Mark is talking about. Some of you won't be and <laughs> will be very confused right now. So the, the reason we didn't get a chance to record our second episode last week after the RFS game is because on Wednesday night, in one of my searches for uh, our missing cat, which has been missing for over half a year, I managed to find said cat, um, which was amazing we didn't think we'd ever see her again however i couldn't catch her despite three hours of trying so i had um a plan to go back the following night after the rfs game so we had to put a hold on our follow-up podcast as you can imagine you know six months we knew where she was roughly we didn't want to hang around and wait too many more nights so we went out and we managed to catch her which I, I, it would probably take a podcast in itself for me to go into the details of the story. <laughs> it did end with me trying to drive her home with the cat loose in the car and setting off the windscreen wipers and sticking her head through the steering wheel and such like. Uh, it was it was very comical. I wish it was all recorded, but apart from a few photos, it's just the tale that we will tell. Um, but the the funny thing is, I'm not going to go into huge depth if you if you can go on twitter you'll find the story on my page but what amused me most was on thursday at the rfs game and then i was at a big hearts event the big hearts gala which was very good on friday um people kept coming up to me and just asking about the cat people have people i know but also people i have no idea who they were just coming up how's the cat oh my god amazing news can't believe about the cat um even alan preston uh dingwall <laughs> sunday how you doing alan not bad laurie tell you what 
That's amazing about the cat, isn't it? <laughs> People love a good story, don't they? They love a feel-good story. I just think your cat is very selfish. I didn't go to Europe to do goodness knows how many commentaries in, in Spain. And I didn't come to Scotland to go to the Hearts game or to see my parents. I came purely to, to do the post-game RFS around the final podcast. And that bloody cat of yours screwed things up. Stole the show, stole the limelight. Yeah, right. She did. So we, we won't let her steal the limelight of this one. We'll maybe get into that another time. Um, but we we are here to talk about hearts, of course. <laughs> and because we didn't get a podcast last week, we'll talk about RFS briefly. Or we'll certainly get Mark's angle of it since it was his first home game in oh six years, almost six years' time. Um, and we will, of course, talk about the game I mentioned there, Ross County away on Sunday. We'll look ahead briefly, if we can, to the games coming up, which is Istanbul, Bishakshi here and Motherwell. And we might have two more joining us <gasps> shortly. Cats? Uh, no, no, more, no more cats. No Enough cats. cats. Okay. Okay. Um, Mr. Ryan McGowan and Stephen, who we took to his very first game against Celtic recently. <laughs> I, love, I love the fact that after everything that, that happened after the game against Celtic in his first ever Hearts game, um, he, he doesn't want his surname now appearing in the press in case in case he gets identified. Oh, you were that guy that was with him. Ah, so you no, were with Ryan McGowan. He's just Stephen now. No, I don't kidding. know. I just he's not got his full name as his Twitter handle, so I just don't like to. Do you know his full name? I know his full name. Oh, you I do. Mean, okay. I mean, I'm not. We'll ask him when he comes up. Maybe he's not bothered. I don't know if people don't. Do, have think, he, our... do you think he knows his last name? I, I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> just um, anyway. So we'll get into all that. So lots to get into this week. Yes. <sighs> Right, first up, before we get into the football, I've got an email, and I know oh. I like to, if possible, read through the emails that okay. we get. Um, I only just quickly skimmed this before we came on air. So, um, is it from the SSPCA? <laughs> it's it's not that yeah, they wanted. Can equipment. we have our trap back and our net they, back? They, they picked it up. Don't worry. The SSPCA well, have their equipment Good. back. Um, even even if the cat was too smart for it anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. I've got an email here. So it's from Andrew who says, uh, Evening Laurie Mark, what to say a thank you. Over the last few years I've loved the podcast and I've listened to it running, cutting the grass in the depths of a dark winter, trudging to a new and challenging job on a sun lounger in Gran Canaria. Uh, whenever and whatever I've been, the pod has been part of that. I switched jobs in January and there were so many weeks last season I dropped the kids off at school and nursery and get a notification there was a new episode up and it made the journey to work so much better. Thanks guys for starting something brilliant and keeping it going. Thank you very much for that. Um, he says he sits in section Y in the Gorgie, spied um, uh, Laurie on Saturday against Celtic, one section over and one row back, being a great host to Steve and his girlfriend who phoned in recently. Uh, for the European games, I've sat with my pal in the main stand. Shout out to Bruce. And he says, and I spied a very jubilant Mark Donaldson from a distance at full time against RFS. Oh. Oh, I'm yes. delighted that you got to experience that, Mark. And what an mm. atmosphere. Uh, my story supporting Hearts began with getting Craig Levine's autograph when he was opening a fine fair store in Polmont, where we lived in about 1984. And when we moved to Glasgow in 85, I just stuck with the Jambos. Uh, there were two of us in primary school and about four of us in secondary school. In recent years, I've uh, made a few Jambo pals via Twitter, but never underestimate the role of your amazing podcast in helping folk on the periphery of the Hearts community feel very much part of things. So uh, it sounds like I've written all that stuff. But um, I do. That's genuinely from Andrew. Thank you very much for your kind words. 
He then follows up with onto my big question: Hector Nickel or the Glasgow Hearts '86 remix of the Heart Ooh, song? What a what a question which, that is! Which should be playing before Ooh. games? I'm 41, so my dad playing the '85 version in the car uh, going to games, and I have the 45 of that somewhere. Um, Mark might remember the poster that came with it. That was on my bed. Yes, Marshall's Chunky Chicken poster. Mm. Or Hector Nichols' version. Is it a case for playing different versions against different teams, or is one always pre-match and the other is post-victory? Really keen to hear the views from you two, and if Ryan is on, what did he like best and respond best to? Were the players really aware of the song? I imagine Mark Donaldson could take this in a million different tangents. I can't wait. (laughs) Thanks, keep up the good work. Andrew, P.S. Delighted to see you got your cat back. Um, thanks, thanks for so many yeah, things. See, can't stealing the show again. So I've I've spoken a lot going through that email. So I'll hand it over to Mark. So anyway, what do you think to the big question? Both for me reminds me. Yeah. Of, let's start off. Mm-hmm. Let's start off on a tangent. So I get a call one day at Radio Fourth. Um, would you want to interview Colin Montgomery tomorrow? I like, yeah, sure. Where is he? Is I mean, I take it as doable. Oh no, he'll be at Glen uh, Glen Eagles. You can go up and you can go for breakfast with him and, and interview him after. I said, sure, no problem. Long story short, before the interview, usually do a bit for, for level, um, mic check for, for level. So call in, big question, um, brown sauce or, or ketchup on your bacon roll. <laughs> he got all excited. Now, okay, what's what's going on here? He said, both, just both. And I was like, okay, not tried that. And the weird thing is, right, like four or five houses down, I I was out the other day and I had the Scottish accent, and I'm like, where are you, you Scottish? Where, where in Scotland are you from? It transpires the boy that's moved in is Colin Montgomery's caddy from about he was he was with Colin for like twenty years or whatever. And I told him the story. He's like, that's no surprise. So Colin wanted both brown sauce and ketchup, and I think both Hector Nichols' song and Colin Chisholm, Glasgow Hearts, 1986, as long as it's the A-side and not the um, Henry Smith, Walter Kidd song. But they're, they're both, we both kind of grew up from those those in our 40s and, and older. We'll remember like from the 80s and, and kind of they were both, they've both been played since. They, they evoke different emotions. Um, it, music and, and scent are two things that kind of take you back in time. If it's if it's the scent of the distillery, it takes you back to your time in, in Gorgie. If it's if it's various songs, you remember where you were, Carnival de Paris, um, Cup Final in '98. So before and after, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'd like to see both. Do I prefer one or the other? Um, I probably prefer Hector Nickel because it is the original. And it was played before the, the, the Colin Chisholm and Glasgow Hearts one. But what a wonderful question to kick things off. And I had to just go off on a tangent because I was invited to go off on one. So um, I, I'll say both, but I prefer Hector Nickel. What about you? It, it depends what we're talking about. I mean, I think if you're talking about building, I guess, atmosphere just before kickoff, I think the um, newer version, the remix, works a little bit better it's a bit more upbeat um the tempo kind of allows that a little more than than hector nichols song, which is obviously brilliant it's the original but it doesn't quite get things pumping you know if you're just before game to be honest i would play them but i wouldn't play them as your kind of final uh tension building tune just before the team come out i think there's other options for that and i think hearts are obviously looking at 
different options. And I, a lot of traditionalists and maybe older fans would say, no, you have to play the song right before the teams come out or when they come out or whatnot. But I think to get an atmosphere going, you maybe have to look at look at other options. Um, but I'm with you. I think it's maybe don't a place for both. Away. Yeah, don't no, I'm not. I'm not saying off. never play them, but I think in terms of if you're looking to you know, create a bit of electricity around the ground, and because the Hearts fans, let's be honest, unless it's maybe a massive game, and even then, if it's a big domestic game, it doesn't really happen. They won't sing the Heart song in unison before kickoff. It doesn't really happen. No, um, no, I get that, but, it, but it's, it's like going back to Scott Wilson's time, and he always played um, the song "Duel." By propaganda as his first song. Now, yeah, I that's just because, that and I'll quote Scott Wilson, it's his, it was his own personal jukebox. <laughs> oh, exactly. And good on, but he played it every week. And because we were always there at least two, two and a half hours before kickoff, most Hearts fans are in the pub or making their way to Tyne Castle. They don't know that that song was played usually about 1 30 every single home game on a Saturday usually twice, afternoon. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, he used to sneak it in again because he liked it that much. But it's just part of the tradition. It's part of the descent um, of the area. It's part of the the Gorky Fish Bar. Jesus, that that grew arms and legs after last podcast, didn't it? The Gorky, Gorky Fish, Bar. Fish Bar. Oh no, yeah, still. But it's it's part of the tradition. And uh, I walked from um, from Princess Street to to the game and and stopped off at a few pups on on Thursday night, and you can see there are older Hearts fans in there. That's been probably their tradition for. For many years, so yeah, both both songs, one song. I don't mind. I I, I don't mind. But um, <laughs> look, if different different people. I was speaking to, to Graham, the new Hearts Stadium announcer, um, after the game briefly, and saying, "How are you finding it? How's everything?" He goes, "Yeah, it's hard, really hard to take over from from someone like Scott Wilson. It'll take a time to to kind of get my own stamp on it. But I'm not here to make too many changes. It wasn't broken. Scott did a wonderful job, and and it's pretty similar. The start." To, to kind of, this is Tyne Castle. I can't remember if he said, let's make some noise or if he kind of left that in deference to, to Scott. But he's, it, was, it was good. It was, it's, it's a good match the experience. I don't think you need a song, a heart song, to get the, 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 the fans um, kind of started and wound up. I just think tradition dictates that certainly one of the two, and, and why not both? We'll try to move on from that. Thank you for the email, Andrew. Uh, we'll maybe put it out there, maybe get a vote at some point on what the what the general public think. Uh, in, in terms of the game, the Hearts played RFS last Thursday. Now, we're not going to go into the analysis of too much of the ins and outs of the games, purely because it's it'll be the best part of a week by the time you're listening to this at home. It's Tuesday when we're recording it. Um, uh, Hearts, of course, ended victorious. I want to speak about a couple of things about the game after we've got your thought, thoughts and feelings, because I'm interested to find what it was like for you, because you've not been to a game at Tyne Castle in almost six years. Mm-hmm. You were in as a fan, and I think it's been a hell of a lot longer since you've been in as a fan at mm-hmm. Tyne Castle, because you commentated on the Kilmarnock game back in 2016. So wh- what was it like? What was your evening like as a fan at Tyne Castle for the first time in God knows how long? Well, it was my first European game as a fan since Atletico Madrid in um, September 19... 19- 93. So it was just great to be under the lights in a European game. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of saying this too much through maroon tinted glasses because I spent the entire evening with a smile on my face because I saw friends I hadn't seen for a while, hung out with them most of the day, saw a lot of friends at Hearts who I hadn't seen for a while at the game. As far as the fan experience is concerned, we went into the Gorgie suite before the game, had a good chat with Henry and 
saw David Chisnauskas and Roman Bednar um, at various points in the evening as well. I think that's 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 a great idea from a Hearts perspective. Free entry, um, all the booze that's that's drunk, all that all that goes to to Hearts. The money from that. Uh, so I think that that's an excellent idea. The atmosphere. Atmosphere is an interesting one because I, I have to say the the new main stand is phenomenal. It, it really is, and it keeps that atmosphere like the old main stand did. It doesn't let much of it out. And it doesn't let it escape too much. However, I don't know if it's a generational thing. My age and older, that like, come on then, impress us. And uh, first couple of minutes, Shanklin did something wrong. For fuck's sake, why is he playing for? Can we all have Humphreys? Well, Humphreys is injured. I was honestly, I, I went with my pals who Rangers fan, Celtic fan. Um, and another Shanklin part. scored less than three minutes, that did. <laughs> no, this no, is no. Morning, this is my morning play early on. This is, they were, this is my whole point. I just so wanted to turn around and go, just come on, give the boy a break. Like, how come Humphreys is near? This is a disgrace. Nielsen, Humphreys should be starting ahead of Shank. I'm like, but this, this is in isolation. I get that. And, and like Twitter, um, most of, of what I heard was, was was probably the minority viewpoint of, of heart supporters. But it was a constant 90 minutes of, of grumbling. Now, I was so tempted to turn around, but you know that's... Some people would. I, I just... I was there. I was happy. I was where I wanted to be. I was in one of my favourite places in the whole wide world. I was at Tyne Castle, and I'm very rarely there. So I didn't want... I wasn't picking a fight, and, and they were like, oh, Keo, Jesus. So... Moving on from from that, I, I mean, I probably said "Kio Jesus" under my breath at one. Point well, yeah, well. But under your breath, right? Okay, so so I've been thinking about this, right? <laughs> I've been thinking about this. So you're at your work and you're not having the best day. Someone comes by you and he says, "You're shite." You look around, you go, "What?" And then you 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 carry on with your day, and then within a a couple of minutes, someone else, you, you are utter shite, and then you keep going and you move on. Someone else says. I can't believe how shite you are. You are a disgrace. Just shite. You should go. Just go now. How is that going to make you feel, right? You're having a bad day. You're not right at your job. You've been picked by someone at your organization to come to the company because they think you're pretty good at your job, but you're lacking in confidence. You're going through a tough time right now. And then you get your coworkers, or in this instance, someone you don't really know, but just coming up to you and go, you're shite. How does that make you feel? I, I, I've got a pretty good idea. It's not going to make you feel great, is it? No. Well, well Jimmy, Jimmy Sanderson brought that up before because he gets very frustrated when fans boo. Now, I'm, I'm someone in the middle that I think you know it's football. You know, it kind of it comes with it. Come, there's a degree that comes with it. You know, you're going to get a bit of yes. stick. But Jimmy said, yeah. Jimmy said he actually talked back to a few fans sometimes. Going, look. I'm having a really hard time out here just now. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm my struggling. best. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get back into this game, but you, you, you're actually making it worse. You're not helping. Right you're not helping. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now, after the Ross County game, I know this is a quick thing about the RFS game. After the Ross County game, which I watched and we'll talk about, I was listening to Radio Scotland, and and three or four of the panelists were saying that's as good as I've seen Keo play. But you could argue yeah. the bar hasn't been that high. But he was mm-hmm. he was in the SPFL team of the week, right? So look at Civic. How many of us were like, now we've maybe said it to our pals, we didn't go to the game and barrack him. And suddenly, yeah, some did, played but, like, yep. <laughs> some did, but he played like Beckenbauer at stages against RF. Oh, it was fantastic. And, I mean, and look at his face. Yeah. Look at his face at full time. He's brilliant. He's got this wonderful smile. You can't help but love him for that. This wonderful you, smile. You, you can tell when someone is a, 
a genuinely really nice guy by the reaction exactly. of others as well because look how chuffed everyone else was as well even the subs were coming running on to hug him exactly and one thing i liked as well so i'm in the sorry i'm just cutting in here but there's i'm in the i've got there's a whatsapp group where they announce uh tenants and and a man of the match etc just for for both commentary for stadium announcers for hospitality hosts etc and it usually comes up well early like 10-15 10-15 minutes before the end of the game um, so it's all obviously all everyone's ready to announce it five minutes before the end or whatever nothing to be announced and suddenly people are like is Owen picking man of the match here and it was like injury time and someone's like it's obviously Civic yeah yeah Civic 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 which is why I think you notice that they didn't announce man of the match till after full time but it worked brilliantly because full time whistle blew and it was a kind of a cheer and then it was like and man of the match Toby Civic and it got a bigger cheer <laughs> It was like announcing man of the match after full time works quite well in some situations. And that's when obviously everyone ran over to um, Ross Stewart, sprinted off the bench to come and hug him. Craig Gordon was over. All his teammates were over. And I think that's when you can tell he must be a genuinely great guy because everyone looks yes. so pleased for him. Yes. And I'm sure Keo's a lovely guy as well. Now, here's another thing. So Keo gets the ball on Thursday and he goes back the way. And you're like, oh, he's gone back. Yeah, okay, look, let's look bigger picture. Options. Where were his options? Who was showing from? Nobody at times in that second half. Absolutely. He only had one option, and that was to go back. Did he have his best game? No. Was he great? Not really. However, no. It wasn't. No, he wasn't. Ginelli was excellent. Toby Sibic was excellent. Craig had a really good game. Keogh wasn't great. Now, I'm not trying to make too many excuses for him. But people were showing for him. And, uh, sorry, people weren't showing for him against RFS. You add Snodgrass into that lineup, someone that wanted to be part of absolutely everything on Sunday at Dingwall, suddenly Keogh's got somewhere to pass to. And then their attention, the Ross County players' attention in midfield, oh, hold on, we've got to get closer to Snodgrass. So as a result, there's other options for him to pass to. And he's able to play it forward. He's able to find a teammate. He's able to go back when he does, and he doesn't get the booze of the away support. So it's just a little bit of, of, of kind of patience. And, and I've mentioned this before, my, my take that song. Just have a little patience, right? Because I need time. My heart is numb, has no feeling. So while I'm still healing, just try and have a little patience. I really want to start over again. I know you want to be my salvation, right? This could be Keo's moment. It could be time for Keo to, to kind of push on. Look, when everybody's fit right now, he's not going to start. But there's a reason Toby Civic played, because there wasn't really anybody else. And maybe there wasn't that trust element of that prior to us playing fullbacks instead of him. But his confidence was shot. And the same with Lewis Nielsen. Lewis Nielsen was brilliant in Riga, had a couple of tough games. His, his confidence is shot. So it's about building that back up. The last thing these kids need is for someone just to barrack them all the time so as someone said to me with regards to having had a couple of drinks and about to send a tweet if you're not sure just save draft right it doesn't have to go anywhere then you can maybe delete it but no one needs to know if you don't want to send it so just think about the next time you want to berate someone at the football having experienced that now and how much there's certain players that got absolutely plaqued based on either i don't like them or he's not playing well, or I'm not changing my mind, it doesn't matter what he does, I'm just, I've made my mind up. 
it's hard, as you say, when you spend all that money to, to go, you're a supporter of the team, right? Which should essence mean you, you go and support them and you give them your best. But you need to see some, this is where I'm, I'm siding on the side of the grumps now. You need to see something to get behind. But would you rather you hindered your team by booing, jeering, whistling, shouting, or you just kept quiet? Because that element of the heart support in the corners, um, I mean, I was in section Q. I don't know what away to my right was beside the away end was. And those in, in the wheat field, maybe section F, I think it might be, or G, brilliant noise. And, and the second half was tough. But we are at bare bones right now. The one thing I want to do is I want to give you two teams, Laurie, okay? And I want you to choose... Forget the context of them. I want you to choose Team A or Team B. This is Team A. They both have the same goalkeeper, but every one of the, the outfielders are different. Team A, Craig Gordon, Michael Smith, Toby Civic, Alex Cochran, Andy Halliday, Robert Snodgrass, Keogh, Connor Smith, Josh Ginelli, Barry Mackay, Lawrence Shankland. That's Team, team A. Team that played against Ross County. Correct. This is Team B. Craig Gordon, Nathaniel Atkinson, Craig Halkett, Kai Rolls, Stephen Kingsley, Cammy Devlin, Benny Beningamy, Peter Haring, Liam Boyce, Stephen Humphreys, Gary McKay-Stephen. What are you taking? A or B? Yes, I know the point you're making. I thought you were going to go there. See, so yeah, I mean, I'm probably taking Team B, although I think Team A um, would be better going forward. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, insert, I think that's a big issue is... Defence in midfield, you know, we've got all our best players out just now. The spine of our team isn't there. And you can, I think that's impacted confidence, um, how secure we are defensively, you know. Of course, of course. Uh, just so, to finish this, the, the point that I'm making, you have selected Team B over Team A. Team B is the players we are without right now. Yeah. Team A is the side that went to Ross County and still managed to get three points. This isn't about being pretty. There are no diagrams on a scorecard. This is about head down in the trenches, battle out, come back with the three points. What that tells me, if we can go to Ross County, by the way, Team B might go to Ross County and not get three points, depending on how they play. Team A did that. It's not ideal what we've got, but Robbie Nielsen right now is without a whole team of players that you probably play ahead of most of the guys that were in Team A. Obviously, Gary McKay, Stephen wouldn't have been there, but you get the whole gist. So just have a little patience here going forward. Once this World Cup is done, and it's the best thing that could happen to Hearts. Once it's done and oh. dusted, then hopefully we can kick off. Indeed. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Right, next up we were going to speak about the Ross County match, but we've, we've taken a pause because we thought our two guests, well one guest slash host and another guest were ready to to join us we thought we wouldn't keep them waiting um that is Stephen, of course who joined us previously and who went to his first game with us recently and ryan mcgowan was meant to be joining and he he is in the call but 
at the moment we haven't heard him. So we're just going to crack on and hope we'll hear him soon. Um, so Stephen, how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Hello, guys. How's it going? Is everyone well? We are. <laughs> yeah, yes. We, we, we are. We're, we're, we're having one of two issues with, with McGowan's connect. Oh, hey! 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 He says he's been doing this for half an hour. I'm not lying. I thought you were taking the piss clean out of me. I've been sitting here for <laughs> eight and a half minutes going, are they still talking about Ross County or are they, <laughs> are they being serious? But you've just connected you? to the audience. You, you weren't connected. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm in the car. Uh... I was in the car, so I didn't come through. You're blaming your... My mistake, my mistake. How are we, fellas? Good. 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 Steven's here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, champion. He's got your wallet. Send it back, please. Me and, me, me and my other half literally said that... Well, I, I had no idea you lost your um, wallet, Ryan, but me and my other half said to each other, oh, I wonder if he thinks it's some sort of Bonnie and Clyde situation or something, because yeah. that, that is tragic. Yeah. Did you find it again? You pair no, go around pretending no. you support football teams. Yeah, trying to just splinter it. It's Convince people to take you to the game yeah. and then steal their, steal steal their wallets. wallets. Yeah. Where are you off to this weekend, huh? Where are you off to this weekend? Someone else's pockets? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just picking the club, but then... <laughs> no, I've not, oh, dear. I've, not, I've not come across it yet. So, um, yeah, I was in there. Wasn't the best of times, from what I can vaguely remember, Laurie. It was late when I, it was late Don't when ask I me. I was. I wasn't much better. I thought you were a professional footballer, McGowan. Should you not have been on like the the the, the old half pint of soda water and lime? Uh, yeah, that's what I was drinking most of the day. Of course, so you just can't remember it because. Just because just I've got really excitement. bad memory, really bad, excitement. bad memory. Excitement, the, the adrenaline of um, clarifying things into his first game. Anyway, we're we're di- we're digressing. Stephen, well, the reason Ryan actually it was his idea to get you back on, and I did say when Ryan um, invites you to something, he's likely not to turn up, but <laughs> he has this time, so it's fine. Was that um, two minutes mark that took? Was it slide dig? Yep. Two minutes, yep. even. <laughs> I had one minute fifty on the on the bingo card, Ryan. So he's he's slipping a wee bit. So the Ryan thought it'd be good to get you back on to get your perspective because we chatted about it a little bit after the the Celtic game between ourselves. But you know, this was your first Hearts game, so this was oh. your experience. So you're the one who could tell it better than we can. So so what was it like coming to Tyne Castle for the first time? Um, probably an experience that I'll never ever forget uh, and something I definitely tell the grandkids at some point but it was a very very special um, special day for me and night but very special day and the game was the game was incredible I mean I did not expect to turn up to my first game and see what was it seven goals um, yes well you didn't see seven goals I know that's so yeah I was going to wear seven goals <laughs> <laughs> so um, my experience, yeah. So there's there's kind of there's two experiences. There's my experience, which probably, um, which was probably not as good as an experience as what my other half had because she came away with um, like basically I turned up kind of knowing, expecting what was going to happen at this game. I kind of knew what to expect. Um, well, hold on, let me start again. I was. I was I was amazed by the game, the colours, the noise, the match itself, the fans. But I was too busy doing things that I just 
I, I couldn't do when I'm watching it, you know, at home and things like this. I spent a lot of the game um, watching uh, Robbie and Ange at the side, uh, looking at the fans, uh, trying to pick up the songs, uh, looking at players when they didn't have the ball. It was, it was, it was brilliant. You get such a different perspective, and um, I absolutely loved it, honestly, guys. But, but my other half, she came away from the game, the kind of, she came away from the game basically. She wouldn't. She wouldn't stop talking about hearts, and uh, she is. She did. She didn't have a sort of. She had no love for football or or the Scottish game, or really understood my love for hearts um, until she came to that game. So yes, yeah, she she had such a wonderful time. I had such an amazing time, and uh, even kind of reliving it right now. I'm trying to pick a moment, and there's just so many to pick. But I'm quite a klutz. I, I'm kind of someone that you know gets um, gets myself into situations and. Laurie and me started on the pints quite early on and uh, I ended up having to nip to the toilet on a few occasions and um, I missed the second goal. Um, the only missed thing hearts I, going in front. Hearts oh, no. going in front. And uh, the only thing I saw when I when I left the, the toilet was um, this man chucking this child up in the air. Hopefully it was his child. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I just, I just was like, "What's going on? What's happened?" And uh, everyone, everyone that uh, saw me leave the stand and come back knew I had no idea what had just happened, who had scored or what. So, yep, that's typical me. I get myself in those situations, but uh, luckily Laurie was there to fill me in, and uh, yeah, it was, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Was there anything that surprised you? Was there anything about not just about the, not necessarily the game, but just going to the football in general? Because that's sort of a I guess it's. I was. I was thinking after the game. I was like, God, I need to get back to commentating to have a rest because I can't handle that long a day and night. But that was kind of like a big game sort of routine. Was it? You go for pints before you have the game. It's a decent game, so you go out afterwards and you meet loads of people. You go to different yep. pubs and you get too drunk. You don't know what happens. You lose your wallet. You get home late. You get in trouble <laughs> with the missus. All that's kind of part of it. Was there anything about the whole day that you were like surprised at, or was different than what you expected? Um, probably the atmosphere. I wasn't really. I, I I didn't expect that kind of atmosphere. I thought it'd be quite of you know everyone knew that it was Celtic, and I thought there would be kind of like oh we're going to get beat, and it was that kind of. I, I was kind of expecting that sort of um, that sort of feeling with the fans and things like that. But it was the complete opposite. I mean, even during the game, it was electric and brilliant, and the atmosphere was incredible. But even afterwards, I mean, the spirit in the pubs and things like that. Like I just. That was the kind of thing that just made me realise this is the place I kind of want to be, this is the type of thing I want to do. And um, that was probably one of the most surprising things. Ryan, from your you know, your perspective, we'd I'll give you some stick, but you came out afterwards, I know you had duties, you had your Sky Sports duties. But, um, you know, you're a St. Johnson player, but you obviously have a, an affinity with heart. So you came out, you went to the, the pubs afterwards. Probably been a while since you've had a proper post-match experience like that and obviously you being you we're not going to mention why you're you, know, you scored in a cup final once against Hibs I know it came up a few times but um in, in general what was that like being back in back in the the pubs post-match being in amongst just a different different bunch of people I know you said afterwards it was quite good that everyone just only a whole bunch of people who didn't really know each other that well and we just had a few hours chatting football and having a few drinks um what was that like after being sort of away from that for a few years Obviously, Stephen's not experienced it too much, but I hope that you came away from that knowing that, you know, there's so many people that go to games, possibly not knowing anyone, that they go by themselves, that, you know, 
just meet people on match day. You know, I think we spoke about that a lot in the pubs is there's so many people that just rock up to certain pubs or go to their seats and they don't know what their day job is. They don't know what they do nine to five. They don't know if they have wife, kids, what they have, but they just know that on match day, they'll go there and they'll be there and they'll, they'll have a beer and they'll chat about the game. And I think that's what everybody loves about football. You know, us three had never met together or four, sorry, including your missus had never met before, um, you know, but we were able to go into a pub and meet people that we've never met before or never spoken to before and have a really good time with one common theme, which was hearts and you know, supporters and enjoying the game. And I think that's what sometimes people forget or lose about football. You know, it, it is such a fans game. It is such a tribal community and, um, you know, everyone looks out for you and, you know, the amount of people that were like, you know, this is Steven, this is his first ever game and everyone's giving you hugs and saying, oh, what would you think about it? And how come you've not been to a game? And, you know, I think that you maybe realised, well, why have I not been at a game? You know, I had such this big build up of, you know, what would it be like? And, you know, would people um, look at me funny if I'm by myself? And there must be so many people that have similar thoughts or similar worries. And I would just encourage them to to go to the game because you know everyone has to go to their first ever game it's not as if you're the odd one out there would have been loads of people at that game that was maybe their first one or their first one in a long time um you know people can't get there every week so sometimes it's maybe once a month or once a year that they get to go to games but you know everyone has that common theme of you know they're wanting to go there and share the experience with other people that like the same thing so I just really enjoyed watching used to and, and how much you guys enjoyed it and how much you guys enjoyed talking to everybody and, um, you know, listening to people's stories of, you know, where they come from or what they're, you know, the amount of people that were like, oh, I was meant to be home at four o'clock and it's, you know, <laughs> 10 past nine at yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like all of those sort of stories, you know, it's just 10 past that nine, side of football. 10 past two. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember after 12, but um, yeah, you know, that's what, like loads of people love and and that's what probably players miss out on a lot you know what yep. i mean that's what i sometimes enjoy especially when i seen that we were go, going to beat hibs on the friday night and then that game on saturday i was hey. like this is perfect good um do you like that one perfect time to to go and have a couple of beers and and just enjoy that side of of football and um you know that's what i'm looking forward to when i retire is you know take my kids there and sending them home straight after the game and then going out for a few drinks is what <laughs> so many people enjoy doing and, and what so many people um you know especially during covid or different times you know that's what they crave if they travel like mark you know it, it, some people take it for granted living in edinburgh and being able to go every week not everyone's circumstances are, are the same and yeah it's just a it was just a really really good day Question for you, Ryan. Given the, the the day in general, I know you were working for Sky, and then you met up with Laurie and Stephen. When something that you really enjoy doing, like the whole day, takes place, do you not find that time seems to go a bit too quick, and it seems to be twice the speed? Because I just had the one day at Tyne Castle. I don't know when I'll get back. It's probably going to be years, and you just want time just to slow down a little because you're having a really good time. You're enjoying yourself. But you know it's back to our normality, which is different. Did it seem like that to you as well? And you just kind of thought, well, let's just slow this down a wee bit because this is this is I'm really enjoying where I am right now. Yeah, yeah, and I always kind of get that. You know, like the boys were talking about the you know the European away trips or um, 
at that stage was like Ross County. What were your plans going up there? And you know, boys are, are booking trains and the buses up. And you know, a lot of my mates that are, were either in the youth team or that I've known for over the years, they travel everywhere. And you know, that's all they talk about and look forward to at, at the weekends is you know how they're going to go and follow hearts. And um, also at the same time, it's like you know, I am at St Johnson now, so I know that there's. A lot of St. Johnson fans who are exactly the same, football fans are the same all over the world. That's their weekend revolves around playing for a team. And um, yeah, it's sometimes like frowned upon, you know, for players to, to be going out and not enjoying themselves as such, but like, you know, experiencing that kind of game atmosphere. But, you know, I remember Darren Murray when we were in the youth team, he used to encourage it because you do get to like hear what the you know punters think and experience it and, you know, see how much it affects them either after a win or after a defeat. And it gives you a real sense of, you know, the, the club that you're actually playing for. And um, I think that's why, possibly why Hearts fans took to me so quickly or, or why I took to the club so quickly. It's 50-50 is, you know, I understood that from a pretty early age that, you know, how much it means to so many people. And the least you can do is, you know, when you go out there for, for the 90 minutes or the 100 minutes, whatever it is, is is give your all and because you know a lot of people that's what they look forward to and um it's, you know the last couple of years has been pretty grim for a lot of people especially in scotland and in the uk and all over the world so you know football is a massive relief release for them and um it's something that you know we as footballers need to embrace and, and enhance and, and try and make it the best day possible for you know those people that are coming along Stephen, when when are you going to be back very, very soon. I, I don't know if uh, you heard this, Ryan, but um, as soon as uh, the pictures went out of me, um, yourself, and Laurie, I got a, I got a message on Twitter from a from a guy from my hometown who's a big Hearts fan, and and his family are big Hearts fans, and they've got season tickets, and they're going to try and uh, maybe when one can't make it, um, get me a ticket, and I'll go with them, and things like that. So it's it's opened up new communications and everything for me. So it's been absolutely amazing. And can I just say what you said earlier? is beautifully put i mean that's that's probably the thing i took away from the whole thing and um, my insecurity about doing something like that is completely gone now i just don't have it i mean this is i'm just looking forward to the next time which hopefully is very very soon so yeah i love very, that i love that Stephen. well said yeah. thank you and i just also i, I didn't really I, I couldn't really make my point earlier i was stumbling over my words but my and um, my other half like that that's what she came away with. She she had no idea about the football community and the hearts community. And that's the first thing she said to me was she just didn't understand. It was such a family, um, a family community feel. And she felt so safe and she enjoyed it. And even when the Scottish slur words were coming out, she's English. So when she was hearing the Scottish slur words, she was um, laughing and loving it. And it was just, yeah, she had, I, I just loved seeing that reaction from someone that had such a sort of outside opinion. It made me feel like, God, I've chosen the right club. This is brilliant. So yeah, it was great. And Ryan, Laurie, Mark, honestly, it, it was it was such an amazing experience. And I can't thank you all enough for letting me have that. Well, the, the pleasure, pleasure, pleasure was all ours indeed. So hopefully we'll we'll see you around Tyne Castle again oh. soon. But thank you for joining us again, Stephen. It's been excellent oh. to speak. And uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. We'll see you around Gorgie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you again. No worries. Okay, time is a-wasting uh, on this week's podcast, so I'm going to move swiftly on. Thank you to Stephen for joining us again. We thought it would be good to get him back on, have a chat. Uh, we've still got Ryan on with us, so it's uh, myself, Laurie Dunsire, Mark Donaldson, 
and Ryan McGowan on the show. Remember, Scarves Around the Funnel is sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Now, we'll speak about the Ross County game. Mark and myself have watched the game in its entirety, um, or at least most of it, as much as Mark could watch. Um, uh, Ryan hasn't had a chance to watch the full game, but I think what Mark wanted to chat to Ryan about was possibly just VAR so far, because it's obviously still very new. But Ryan has a, an insight that neither us, neither of us have in terms of how that's been going from uh, an on-field perspective. Yeah, because your form has been really good, Ryan, both personal and, and as a team, another good win. But what were you thinking with regards to the red card that ultimately ended up not being a red card in your last game? See, I'm a, I feel like I'm a little bit different because the past three seasons I've played with has all been with VAR. So I found it a little bit strange of, you know, obviously it's quite big here in, in Scotland and, you know, a lot of like coaches and players are like, you know, you've got to play differently because it's VAR and you've got to do this differently and VARs, you know, all VAR is there is to try and make the right decisions. So I feel like you should never play any differently just because there's VAR. Um, but having said that and having experienced that a lot, you still get what you feel or what some people would feel as to be the, the wrong decisions that happened in the sort of Celtic and Hearts game. It's, it's happened in other kind of games and you, there's a whole subplot of, you know, should it, is it a big enough, um, you know, howler from the ref to overturn it or has he missed it or there's loads of different stuff. But um, as a player, like even when that, you know, sort of red card happened on, on James Brown, it's also a bit like, wait a little bit you know the red they obviously as soon as he gives a red card you need to wait because you either get confirmation yet you've made the right decision or he'll get "Mm, i don't know about it come have a look and check it and from my experiences nine times out of ten when the referee has to go over to the the screen it's because the two in the var have said we feel like you've made a mistake here yes yeah you you come and check it but I've also played in games where they've then gone over to it and they've agreed or they've kept their same decision. So they've gone against what the other two have said. Um, I think we played a Sydney Derby in Sydney and we got a penalty and it was, you know, was it hip like shoulder to shoulder or was it a foul? And he got called over to the screen, went over to the screen and just kept his original decision. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, again, it does come down to that sort of, individual ref and what they feel they've seen or, or believe but i tend to feel nine times out of ten if they're going to go over to the to the screen yeah. more than likely they're going to they're going to change it um so yeah it, for us it's kind of worked reasonably well from a saint johnson point of view in, t- in terms of we've had some decisions that have gone our way but you know then as a club we've also felt that you know at the start of the season we've had a, a little bit of few decisions that went possibly against us you know if we had VAR would clean it up so um overall the experience has been relatively good there's no been any huge howlers I don't think um I felt that the ref on the Hearts and Celtic game was a little bit out of his depth I felt that he wasn't he was too focused on VAR you know I think I said it in Sky um I think he forgot that he was the ref for the first penalty and and just was like (laughs) Yeah, I will pick that up if I've made a mistake instead of being like, I'll need to make a decision here. And then mm-hmm. if it is the wrong one, 
they'll clear that up. So, you know, I, I do think that he made a, a couple of mistakes that from a refereeing point of view that, you know, he would be marked down for those ones. Um, and, and then that's sometimes why the decisions take so long. You know, the, the handball one um, against Smith, he's obviously said, I don't think it's a penalty. And they've said, well, if you don't think it is, we don't think it's enough yeah. that you've made howler. Um, and it should and be said as well that the, um, it's only it, it, if it's anything that's subjective or a matter of opinion, it always falls to the referee who's on the pitch to make the final decision. The as, only, as it should. Yeah, the only yeah. time the VAR will tell the ref categorically that's your decision is if it's factual. So it's like he awarded a penalty, but the foul was actually two yards outside the box. Because then it's well, it's black or white. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to view it. And subjectivity, exactly. But if it's if it's whether it was deliberate handball or whether it was a red card challenge and not a yellow card challenge, etc., it will always go back to the ref. So I think that's what you're saying, Ryan. When they go and check yeah. the monitor, it's because they've said, "I think you got it wrong," but it's now your call to, to yeah. kind of confirm that. We have to so, be we so, have to be careful. Well, sorry, Ryan. We have to be careful here that it's not being done. It's not being brought in to re-referee games. That's not what it's for. And we also have to be careful that we can do it a bit quicker. It's like a new toy. I get that. But this isn't a new toy that's never been used before. There are seasons worth and seasons worth of evidence about how to use VAR. Two years of of prep for for Scottish football as well. Tony Watt got sent off at the weekend after the initial challenge wasn't even given as a foul. So... How how is that how is that possible? I can understand upgrading something from a yellow to a red, downgrading something from a red to a yellow, but to go from nothing to a red card, the referees at times have to be stronger as well. Because you're you're quite right, it is about nine ninety percent of once the referee goes over, the likelihood is whatever he's being kind of suggested or told that the VAR official thinks. Most of the time, they, they're agreeing with that. So we've got yeah. to be careful that we're not just re-refereeing games here. It's not what it's uh, And especially, especially in Australia, Australia is a little bit different because you could. I had a, a little bit of a better relationship with some of the refs, and, and mm-hmm. even on Saturday. So I'm pretty sure on Saturday, the ref had said to the VAR, he thinks he caught him um, high up, you know, around the knee and, and the shin. Mm-hmm. And then I think VAR said he's not. It's more like possibly the foot ankle kind of yeah ankle okay. foot so i think they were having a you know i've given them a red card it's high you know i've seen them knee high or something i think it was actually can you clarify can yeah. you clarify and they've said oh it's it's not what you've seen right um you know i think it's more the ankle the foot that he's got you want to come over and have a look to to check what you've seen and and that's happened in australia a couple of times you know um again i played in a game where the the ref said I think he's won the ball and then he's you know, when your foot kind of springs up and catches him higher. Um, and then you yeah. know, that's what he kind of explained to the VAR and VAR said, well, he's actually gone straight over the ball. He's not even touched the ball. So he went over and checked and he's seen that and our player eventually got sent off. So I think sometimes that is, you know, when they're holding the earpiece and they're, they're kind of communicating between the two, what did you, what did you send him off for? What do you, what did you see? you know, to give him that red card or whatever it was. And then if it's kind of two different opinions or two different things that they're seeing to saying, they say, all right, mate, come over and, and have a little check on it. But um, I do feel like they'll get quicker and I do feel that they'll get a little bit more used to um, how it works. Um, but 
the timing ones are strange again. Like, you know, in our game at the weekend against Kilmarnock, it took them, you know, a, I think three or four minutes. And I think when the ref came back on, he said that they weren't giving him the angle that he wanted to see or that the change, they just kept showing him one angle of it. And there was a little bit of a technical issues of them trying to be like, well, there's another view of it that we want you to see, but they couldn't get it on the screen. Oh, so I think sometimes they have those kind of um, probably issues, which is probably teething issues in terms of getting the right sort of footage out there. But another thing that Australia did, that, which was quite good, was, um, and they still do it sometimes, is they, uh, after the game, you know, maybe a couple of days after the game, they actually give you the voiceovers of what happened yeah. during the game. It's, it's on Instagram and on Twitter and stuff, and they sometimes put it out, and it's like you can hear the VAR saying, you know, Hey, Mark, uh, I think we want to check that, you know, high foot. I think it happened at the weekend. It's a high foot. Um, you've given it a free kick, but it's actually inside the box. And then it shows you the whole thing as it's happening. And I think that's really good for fans because it gives you a little bit of an insight as to what's being said and, and what they're actually talking about. And, you know, so he's gone over and the VAR official says, you know, this is what happened. And as you can see, it's actually happened inside the box. It's high foot. It's dangerous play. You need to upgrade that yellow to a red and it's also a penalty and then he goes over and does it whereas when you're actually watching it or playing in it or actually at the stadium live watching on tv you don't hear any of that communication and i think that's probably something that the sfa or someone should probably look at just to especially because it's new here just to kind of see how it all works and what the refs are actually hearing and and how it all kind of happens because you know as much as people can talk about it sometimes a visual of you know something that a lot of people have seen if you can put that sort of stuff that's happening in the background out there, they, they can understand that a little bit better. The other thing we have, Laurie, or don't have enough <laughs> of, if the game that has VAR is not on Sky, there are only six cameras at the game, two in yeah. the main stand, one on each of the 18-yard lines and one behind each goal. If the game's on Sky, VAR's got access to, to all the additional cameras that Sky has. But when Ryan's played against Kilmarnock, that wasn't on Sky. So there were only six cameras. And it, what Dundee United have said, going back briefly to the, I know it's a Hearts podcast, going back briefly to the 20 watt um, red card, Dundee United have got a camera of their own, which they're hoping to be able to use as evidence that they claim shows beyond any reasonable doubt that it shouldn't have been a red card. So we've got to be careful here that we, we've, we've got, kind of gone for a budget um, yeah. bar yeah. in Scottish football. Um, and if it's not, and I say, sky, we, we, we spoke about cameras. that. Yeah, we spoke about yeah. that being a concern. And I mean, for those who didn't, I was just going to say, for those who didn't follow the St. Johnson game, James Brown, um, yeah, not that James Brown, this is Johnson, James Brown, no, <laughs> living in America, I feel good, not him. Um, the St. Johnson def um, defender got sent off, uh, given a straight red card, but it was, um, reviewed by VAR and downgraded to a yellow. Um, in terms of the Hearts game, so very. Quickly get into this, the Ross County game. I know we've we've ran over a little bit of time, but I'll go quickly into this because Hearts um, into this game made a couple of changes from the side uh, that beat RFS 2-1. couple of enforced changes. Stephen Kingsley, the latest to be joined the Hearts list of 10 senior players out injured. Um, George Grant also out, who was unwell, who wasn't actually meant to travel, but drove up on Sunday morning to the game because, well, Hearts were down at the bare bones. Uh, Connor Smith came in for his first start in over three years and Robert Snodgrass as well 
433 formation for Hearts. Gordon Goals, Smith, Halliday fullback, Sibic and Cochrane in the centre. Connor Smith, Kiro Mitsoglu and Snodgrass in the midfield, and Janelli, Shankland and Mackay in attack. Now, I'll get cracking straight into the first VAR incident. Six minute, a ball across the box. Uh, Jordy Hula with a really nice strike actually flies past Craig Gordon into the goal, but disallowed for offside. So it takes two minutes before the stadium announcer actually says there's a VAR check going on. <laughs> I think we all guessed that was what was happening. Um, it took a while, Mark, and I, s- I have to say it's still not clear to me. I, I, at the game, the angle I didn't think was the best. Um, I wasn't sure, and I said it during commentary, whether they were trying to flag Jordan White for blocking Craig Gordon's view. However, the angle was from the side, so you couldn't tell if he was blocking his view. So that was my only theory initially. But you and a few others messaged me going, I think it's maybe the player on the far side. Uh, it was actually uh, Awura Edwards who'd picked up the ball and then chipped it back across the box. I have to say, it's still not clear to me from the angle that I've seen again when I've looked at the highlights of the game if he was definitely offside. Yeah, there, is... there was one, there was a still that they clearly showed the VAR picture that Awura Edwards was offside. My gran, God bless her, used to use the phrase blethering skate. Blethering skate is a kind of Scottish term <laughs> for someone that speaks a lot of nonsense. Malky Mackay afterwards said, I can't, it's a disgrace. It should never have been chalked off. Malky, offside's offside. Laurie was talking earlier about objective against subjective decisions. Offside is offside. Your guy that played it back in before the goal was scored was offside. End of argument. Now, it doesn't help us that the TV camera at Ross County, because the stand isn't that big, looks like it's a worm's eye view. But it's offside. But as Ryan was saying earlier, it's the time that it is taking. We need to be quicker at this because this is getting ridiculous. And as you say, the communication levels... When I was doing these games in in Spain with a VAR check, unless you've got a monitor that actually tells you what's happening and why it's happening, it's very difficult to get communication out to anybody else. So when you're commentating or the stadium announcer at Ross County is is unaware what's going on, yes, there's a VAR check, but we don't know what it is. It's a bit of a mess. It's offside. End of. On we went. Ross County did go ahead. They started the game better. Hearts did look a bit sluggish, which is maybe natural given... Uh, how depleted they were after Thursday's exertions as well. Uh, Jan Danda with a cross from the right in the 11th minute. Jordan White bundled at home. And that's five goals against Hearts. The second of the season, both have come against Hearts. Now, he certainly likes uh, games against the men in Maroon. He's not the most technically gifted striker, but six foot four, very physical. And I thought he did quite well. Ryan, have you have you come up against Jordan White this season? Yeah, a couple... Uh... I think what, we played Ross County, but I'm not exactly sure if he played. But I played him when he was uh, where was I? I must have been at Dundee United. We played against was him it, a couple of times. Was but... it Livingston previously? I don't know if he yeah. have been. He's one of he's these just, where he's a big, he's a, an old-fashioned kind of target man, isn't he? But he uses that yeah. physique quite well sometimes, and he just seems to like playing against Hearts. Yeah, it's, it's there's loads of players that have that sort of. I remember. I think Rudy and Marius had a real thing for St. Mirren. I think they scored mm-hmm. like crazy amounts of goals against St. Mirren. And it was just one of those things that, you know, they always just seem to score. But, um, you know, again, being played for other clubs, you know, people forget that Hearts is a big, big scout, you know, even at St. Johnson when we play, you know, when you're playing Hearts or you're playing um, Celtic Rangers, Hibs, Twister, you can tell when they're like the bigger clubs are coming to 
to your ground there's a little bit more about you that the fans are up for it a little bit more and that the atmosphere is a bit better and um yeah you know that's probably a case for for him is you know he thrives in that kind of atmosphere and he, he probably thought before the game i've got a pretty good chance you know it's a different back four um a, a little bit not the strongest in terms of hearts's starting 11 you know at the start of the season if we said that was our back four for a league game you would have probably been thinking what's happened to everyone but the situation there that they're in probably gives um, everyone else that's playing them a little bit of a lift knowing that you know these players aren't probably the first choice and, and it's a bit of a, a chance for them to get at them which you know I think that that's what probably John White and Ross County and a lot of teams that play in hearts at the moment have a feeling going into those games. Ryan talks about the defence, Mark, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Look at the midfield as well. Um, early August, Connor Smith hadn't played this season, hadn't mm-hmm. started a senior game for Hearts in over three years. Uh, Robert Snodgrass and Orestes Kiermitsoglu hadn't signed for Hearts at that point. Hearts in centre midfield were looking at the likes of Devlin, Haring, Grant. Michael Smith played there um, early in the campaign as well, obviously waiting for Benny Beningamy to come back. So this is a whole new central midfield trio for the game um i think it says a lot about these players in this game you know it wasn't the wasn't the greatest performance ever i think ross county looked quite dangerous on the break albeit with hearts dominating possession throughout the game but it says a lot that they dug in in this game and i think considering the situations of those three midfielders you know got a young player in connor smith still only 20 um, with his first start in over three years only his third ever start for hearts in terms of the senior team Soglu, who let's be honest hasn't looked up to it in the games before this. He's not he's not looked what we've hoped so far. It's early days though. Um and Robert Snodgrass, who's very experienced, very technically gifted, but he's not had much match action. He's clearly lacking in sharpness and fitness, 35 now. The fact those three I thought played so well in this game, um, I thought Snodgrass especially looked very composed. And like you said, Kiermit Soglu deservedly got on the SPFL team of the week. And Connor Smith had a lovely touch in the build up to the Hearts equaliser. I think that says a lot about the character in, in this team just now. I think you've got to give them a lot of credit for, for Sunday. This is about getting over the line. However, you do it, just get over the line, get three points, get back. You ain't going to get a DVD released of Ross County 1, Hearts 2, and it's going to be a bestseller in the club store. Keogh did a lot better. Connor Smith involved in the first goal. What a difference with Snodgrass not having to play every midweek and getting up to speed. I think you'd put a tweet out on the back of something he'd put out just saying how big a help he is. And I said it earlier before Ryan and Stephen came on about Keogh looking for options and no one showing for him. Snodgrass will always show. He'll always be there. He'll never hide. He's experienced. He might not have the legs, but he's a battler. And one of the other guys I'm, I'm really happy for is Andy Halliday. Now, Andy Halliday's probably played five or six different positions this season. Never moans. Just goes about his business. He's played as a, a left back. He's played left midfield. He's played behind the striker. He's played as a holding midfielder. He's played central midfielder. He's played wide. And he's, he's back among the goals. That was a header. It was a super header. And, yeah, we still look a bit dodgy defending set plays, but Andy Halliday's another one, Ryan, and, and, and he must be a player. You must know players like that, that you're – him and Snodgrass, you know what you're going to get. Some players you're not sure, but you know exactly the effort and the work rate you're going to get from guys like that, and they must be a dream to play with. Yeah, 100%. And even, you know, from a personal point of view, having 
play different positions, you can't also get in a rhythm, which makes it difficult. You know, but mm-hmm. people are like, oh, he's going to play left back. You, you play differently when you're a left back to if you're a, a number 10 off the striker in a European game at home. That You have different needs, different fitness, different uh, in, in and out of possession. And, you know, for him to put these sort of string of performances together and, and look like he's not skipped the beat in terms of, you know, he's obviously not played as many minutes or started, but to come into the team and not look like that, you know, that, that's a lot of it down to his professionalism, um, both on and off the pitch, probably the way he trains. And you can't get enough good people into a football club. You know, it's a big, massive thing. You know, people just look at the players or look at the um, reputation that they have. First and foremost, you need to be a good person and a good, you know, I'm not saying there's obviously bad people in every industry, but you need to be one that, you know, all right, he's, he might not play every week, but he's not going to, you know, kick up a fuss in the change room. He's mm-hmm. not going to be a bad influence. He's still going to train as much as he can because that rubs off on other people because if someone else isn't playing or isn't happy they're playing in a different position or isn't happy he's getting enough minutes, then you go, well, why am I acting like this or why am I being a a dickhead when he's in the same position and he's still training 100%. And he's still doing all the right things. And and then, oh, look, he's actually played. And then he's played again. He's, he's, so it, it rubs off on other people without them actually probably knowing. And, and I think that's a big thing that they're finding out about the squad is that, that everyone in that squad will like those two players that we're talking about. They will like them because they're big personalities. They'll like them because they get on with their work. They'll like them because they're good footballers and they're doing everything right for the team and um you know Robbie made a real clever signing and you know I remember when he sort of signed that new contract and a few people were thinking oh, have we held on for him for a little bit too long you know these guys that are making these decisions see him day in day out see him every training session see him doing all the right things and and he's got his just rewards and you know I'm really happy for him that he's that one he's playing and he's putting good performances and getting a couple of goals Ryan, I want to ask you about um, Connor Smith. So the Hearts equaliser came in the 15th minute. Um, they'd not really, they've been second best the opening 14, 15 minutes. It was a nice move. Kiel Sogl involved. Lovely interplay between him, Ginelli, the two Smiths. Um, and it's Connor Smith who sets up Shanklin to at the second attempt, lashes it in for his 11th goal in 20 appearances. But Connor Smith who, who sets him up. So this is only his third start for Hearts. Now, Robbie Nielsen sometimes gets criticism from some angles that he doesn't give younger players enough game time now when Robbie was on the podcast he said he feels young players should earn their position in the team not just be chucked in for the sake of playing a young player now Connor Smith has had appearances when he was 18 um, under Craig Levine he's been loaned out a few times though he's been loaned out to Cowden Beath to Arbroath to Cove Rangers to Queen's Park and last season he played 35 times for Queen's Park he got five goals he helped them win promotion to the championship where they are currently joint second now you've you kind of had a not as many loan spells. We had a similar sort of route to the first team where you weren't playing that often when you were a teenager. You had some loan spells. You went to, um, you went out to Air. You went out to Partick Thistle. Um, so you were, I think you were in your twenties by the time you were actually were getting a regular game for Hearts. Do you understand Robbie's angle with this, with the likes of Connor Smith, where he's gone out? You can see he's he's got a bit more physicality about him than when he first came in. He's a, a bit smarter about his game. He looks a bit more confident. Do you think that's a better route than just chucking him in? the likes of Harry Cochran, who was playing all the time at 16, and now Harry Cochran's disappeared. Yeah, it, massively. Uh, uh, massively. And, and he's probably the first uh, 
of Robbie's babies to have done those steps. You know, Robbie came on the show and said that's what he wants to do. This is probably the first one that we're actually seeing the fruits of that plan. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's a really, really good one. From my point of view, I think it's perfect because he's now coming into the team one, knowing that he probably belongs there or he feels like he belongs there, which is a lot of time when you're like 17 or 18, you're like, yeah, I should be playing in the first team. You go in and you have five appearances and fans start getting on you and then you're like, oh my God, I'm actually so far off it and everyone says that I'm terrible and then you, you, your confidence takes a hit and similar to Harry Cochran, you kind of go off the radar or you, you don't know what's happening. Whereas if you go and do that at different loan spells, of course there's pressure and you're playing with senior players, but it's not the pressure of... You're on TV, your highlights are on TV, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram. You've got 16,000 or 60,000 out of game. It's just a little bit less pressure. You know, you're still wanting to make it and you're still wanting to play well. And you also have that pressure of you've come from a big club and you're trying to help it out. But it, it does help you to that when you then become that little bit older, a little bit wiser physically. You know, he's he's been listening to Robbie, he's been doing all the right things. Um, and I think if you remember, I think. He was one of the ones that when I was training with him before I went back to Sydney during COVID, I said he's he's got a really good chance of, of breaking into the team because he had that mind, he had the right mindset, he trained well. He knew he was going out on loan. He knew at that time he probably felt he could play, but he also knew that, yeah, okay, I'm going to go out and get games. It's better than you know sitting about here and training and playing a resi game every now and again. And yeah, I, I was really happy for him that, that he's come in and started to play and, and just starting to show Robbie that, yeah, listen, we do have a lot of injuries, but, you know, these players, I can do a job if they're not, when they come back, if they're taking a little bit longer to get back to fitness, if they're a little bit out of form, you know, I'm ready to put my hand up and, and if needed, to be called upon. And, and that's what you want from those young players. And and like I said, I think he's the first one of the sort of Robbie Nielsen era that's that's done all the things that Robbie had kind of planned out for these young players. And, and it's also a good role model for you know, Finley Pollock and the other ones that are kind of breaking through, they've then seen, oh, listen, if I get sent out on loan, it's not he's out of mind, out of sight, out of no more hearts career. It's that chance of being like, go get your 30 games, your 35 games, go score a few goals, go get people talking about you playing football, not talking about how you're going to play football or, or what you can do, and then come back and, and hopefully break into that team. So, yeah, I see him, there's a few of them actually that kick about David Lloyd after training. Um, him, Nielsen, um, there's a few of them that, that go there and I, I see them a, a few times in the afternoon. So, you know, that they're, they're the right type of kids that you want. You know, they're not in the bookies or in the pubs. They're, they're doing all the right things. And um, Like you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's where I see them. And I say that to them. I say, I better see you next week. You better be in here for recovery. I'll show you how to do it. The old, the old grandpa, I'm the old dog. They're the young pups, I call them. <laughs> So um, yeah, it's good to see that he's um, that he's doing well and, and getting his chance and and it's up to him once he gets his chance to, to do well. But you know, setting up that goal and and getting a start in ninety minutes and a, a difficult place to go, Ross County is is all the better for him. Uh, the the second goal, which ended up being the winner, it was only the twentieth minute. Um, a corner whipped into the box by Snodgrass and a very good header from Andy Halliday. And uh, throughout. Thursday's game, Mark, Jimmy Sanderson was pulling what little hair he has left out um, at the fact that Hearts get playing short corners and they never get the ball into the box. Uh, it's one of those where it's the it's the typical um, thing that fans get annoyed at, is not getting a corner into the box. And I have to say, although I know corner 
percentages are not as high as people like to think in terms of actually getting goals from them. It is a little pet hate of mine the way we sometimes knock corners about and then the ball actually never goes anywhere. And I think that was our first corner on Sunday. Whipped into the box. It shows what you can do with just a good delivery, doesn't it? Let's just say that there were times on Thursday night um, Hearts were taking these short corners because they must have been told that inside that big penalty area was a footballing version of Lilliput. <laughs> now, anybody who doesn't know what that is, that's the island in Gulliver's Travels where pretty much all the people are six inches tall. And that's what it felt like. It felt like Land of the Giants, our little men against their big people because they had some some tall guys. But that doesn't, that doesn't excuse... I mean, all it takes is a goalkeeper to flap it or someone to head it the wrong way. A good delivery is a good delivery, regardless of how tall people are. Yeah. And I was getting frustrated as well when, when it was... It's all right if it's, pre, if it's pre-worked on. I mean, we don't have a set-piece coach, and I think it's telling because we can't defend them very well. And prior to Andy Halliday scoring from one, we hadn't got a very good record against them. But it's fine if you take it short. I've never been a proponent of, of short corners because I've never seen them work very well. And it's basically through... The common denominator of, God, another one of these and nothing ever happens. When was the last time you saw a short corner end up in the back of the net without it going through and round the houses? So, yeah, they weren't great. And I think we need help with that. But as I said before, and, and I know Ryan's not been on for a few weeks, it can't be easy when you don't have the time to work on anything. And after yeah. the the Istanbul game, Motherwell at home, I mean, just looking at the fixtures following the Motherwell game, we've got Rangers three days later, and then Levy again. So the next time we've kind of got a decent period of, of time between games is uh, is well, the World Cup, um, and it starts again. So we just have to keep going. We, we can work on stuff when, when everyone's away, um, and we keep our boys here. But the short corner for me, no, nah, unless, unless there's, there's an end product to it, it's, it's a bit of a waste of time. I think the thing with the league table, now we don't really have time to analyse the Ross County game an awful lot more. But in terms of the result, huge for Hearts because um, it's so congested. Third place Hibs down to ninth place Livingston. Just four points between those sides. And and the likes of Hearts, St Mirren, Aberdeen, Livingston all have a game in hand over um, the likes of Hibs above them. So it is a very congested league table. And it's one of those, Ryan, where I think we thought, you know, we felt from a Hearts perspective at the start of the season just... Just try and stay in the try and stay in the race for third when we go into the World Cup break because we're going to be drained. We didn't expect to have an entire team are injured, but we knew it would take its toll on confidence and energy playing in Europe. But you've played um are you played against every team in the league now? I think you must have, because St John's still yeah, have 13 yeah. games. Um there's very little to separate pretty much everyone below Celtic and Rangers. Is- yeah, I think so. And even from our perspective, I think I think bar, we got beat 4-0 off Rangers at Ibrox. But other than that, we never lost by more than one goal. So even from our point of view, you know, it, we, we've won two on the bounce, but Kelly beat us a couple of weeks ago, 2-1. We've then beat them 1-0. Um, I think St. Mirren was on a three-game winning streak. We mm-hmm. beat them 3-0. Then they went and beat Celtic. Like, it, it is a, one of those leagues where um, almost every game, Teams of both teams are going into it thinking, if we play well today, we're going to win, um, which is good. You know that that you want a competitive league, and um, you know from a St. Johnson point of view, we wanted Hearts to win because you, you want to cut 
teams adrift. You know, yeah. you want leagues within leagues that similar to, you know, sort of hearts want to try and get third. And then once they do get third, they want to get away from fourth as quickly as possible. You know, we want to get away from the, the bottom two and, and sort of get onto that top six curtain tail, you know, chasing and see what a couple of results can do. And, um, yeah, it, I feel like it's it's pretty competitive. It's probably one of the most competitive that I've been involved in in a long time. Um, you know, just going into games, thinking we, we could win this, but we could also lose. You know, and and I think that's what almost every team in the league is thinking: is we have to be right on this today in terms of you know application, quality on the ball, quality off the ball, um, to give us a chance because you know the league's definitely getting better, and and that's a better spectacle. You want you want it to be a competitive league. I think everybody enjoys it, you know, like that. From a Hearts perspective, if they lost at the weekend, I think they would have been closer to the bottom two than they would be to the top three. They've now won it, and then if they win their game in hand, they could go third. It, it's that close that you want it to be, um, you know, if you can get a run of three, four wins in a row, you can really kick on, which is um, is probably what they're, like you said, trying to get to the World Cup within touching distance. And then, you know, once all the games settle down, get into it that rhythm some players back and and hopefully they can kick on and St. Johnson can challenge them for third. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mark, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't, I really don't think there's any standout teams at the moment in the league in terms of Hibs have done okay, but they've had some poor results. Aberdeen have had some good results, but they've also had some terrible results. I think the big thing is at the moment, hearts don't look that different than those teams above them, but this is a hearts team missing Basically, an entire 11 that they could start. Well, if you take the goalkeeper out, an entire outfield 10 that could start yep. for them. They've been playing Thursday, Sunday most weeks. They've been getting battered in the week, which has been sapping confidence as well as energy, as I said before. This gives me, my my. I'm looking at this from the angle that when we get everyone or most of those players back, we should have more than the teams that are currently just above us. And there's not much between us just now. So at the moment, I feel like it's, we're not that much different than last season. The only difference is we've had so many injuries and so many other games that we've not had, we've not been able to get that kind of consistent run of form. Um, but two massive home games before the World Cup break, you know, we, our way to Rangers, you never know the way Rangers are playing. You might get something. We got something there last season. But even if you take that out of the equation, if you win those two home games, regardless of what happens at Ibrox, I think we're in a very good position going into the second part of the season. Hibs aren't playing group stage football in, in Europe next season right now, are they? No, of course they're not. So it's not decided on the 1st of November. It's not decided that Aberdeen and St Mirren are going to finish 4th and 5th. There's a lot to play for. We've got two targets. One is finish top six because you don't want to be in a, a situation to hold on here before you kind of go, who's top six? Listen, one is to get into the top six. You don't want to be in a position whereby like last season, it's so congested. It was down in the last game. I'm pretty confident we'll be we'll be in the top six before this, the top six split is confirmed. We'll have a game or two in hand because of everything I was talking about. And I'm also pretty confident that when the top six splits, we'll be third. As I've said, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. The prizes aren't giving out at the start of, of November. Look, if you ask St. Johnson, ask Ryan right now, you take an eighth place, what's your answer? No, no, not at all. Why should you? Why should you? I mean, if if, if your mentality, and this yeah, is why I think, beat, like again, from our point of view, we've beaten Hibs and Saint Mirren, or who I think on the last check was what third, third and, and fourth, third and fifth, now, third yeah. fifth. Uh, there you go. Uh-huh. 
And and on on your day, by the way, we did. I'm I'm partially keeping an eye on Rangers and all the other Champions League. Rangers are two 0 down, and their their heads are gone. They're they're mince. They've got to try and find a way to get back into the title race with their four points behind. Would it be the biggest surprise? I think you boys have got them at McDermott. Look what you did to Celtic. Came so close to 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 taking points off them. So that why should you settle for eighth? Why why should it be the mentality of oh yeah that's that's fine. We're not we're not in the bottom two. You should be saying, you see the teams that was it Ross County that, that got into the who was the surprise package in the top six last season? I think it might yeah. be it was Ross well, County. Well, in the end, it was probably Motherwell because it won about two games. And no, but regardless of the team yeah. of the teams that you, you kind of look at and you think, yeah, yeah, they're, they're probably not going to be in the top and they got into yeah. the top six. Would it be the biggest surprise if St. Johnston got there? No, of course it wouldn't be. So, Hart's target is to ensure they're, they're in the top six, which I think, as I said, I think they'll be third when the top six splits, because we've got everyone back. But going back to what I said earlier, team A, team B, and, and Ryan, I put together the team that played against Ross County in one, and the 10 outfielders that Hearts didn't have, which you'd probably pick ahead of the team that won it at Ross County. So, yeah, Boyce is probably not going to be back probably this season. He might come for the last few games of the season. But on the whole, most of the others should be back by the turn of the year, if not by February. And we'll have, a, we'll have the strongest side. Now, I'm just reading that Hibernian have got, uh, they claim that after the World Cup, they'll have everybody fit on Nira's Dammit with Kevin Nisbet and Aidan McGeady and everything like that. If Aberdeen can get everyone fit, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But I would take our squad, with most of them fully fit, over any other squad outside the old firm. Absolutely. And I still think if, if we can be within touching distance um, at the turn of the year of third spot, ideally we're in third. But just remember, the next time you want to moan, groan, and grumble, it's not ideal. I get that. But just have a little patience. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Thank you to Ryan for joining us. He's off now. Got to go and get some sleep in before training again tomorrow or something that these footballers do. Um, thank you to Stephen, of course, for joining us. We've ran into, we've chat has, has, has gone further than we thought on certain subjects. So we've not got an awful lot of time to preview the next couple of Hearts games, which is away to Istanbul, Bashakcha here and home to Motherwell on Sunday. Two big games for different reasons. I think we'd probably take Mark just getting through the game in Turkey with no, no injuries, <laughs> no fresh injuries and the team being reasonably um you know, reasonably uh fresh not too much uh, too much fatigue from that one albeit if you can somehow get a result obviously there's a lot of money up for grabs but Istanbul Bashaksha here still going for top place in the group if they can get a result against Hearts um but a big game against Motherwell on Sunday we're not going to preview it too much mark but if Hearts can win that it's it just it's a potentially really crucial result. Two big home games, two wins from those, regardless of the Rangers' result, and we're we're really back on track. Yeah, and they had a good win at Tanadice on the back of some 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 tough defeats, albeit they had to go to Easter Road and they played Rangers and Celtic and and Aberdeen. So they're not bad. I mean, I like Van Veen. Um, but again, a lot depends if we do have players back, and I know they're meant to be one or two that are on the verge of, of one or two need to come back, especially the Aussies, because they want to be in the Aussie squad for the World Cup, and they're going to have to play some before that happens. So it's a big game for us, and and like I think 
I say going into it hoping for kind of three wins in a row. Well, that depends what happens on on Thursday. It could be four wins in a row. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. The likelihood is we'll lose in Turkey. Uh, I just hope and. A couple of, was it prior to the Riga game, we were talking about Robert Snodgrass, completely forgetting that he's ineligible for yes, Europe. We did. Um, we forgot that. <laughs> uh, that's on us. I, I would. I would play. I mean, I. I can't remember like for uh, for the European squad because we can't just play all the kids and say on you go because you, you actually have to be registered. But Finley Pollock, Ewan Henderson, Connor Smith, Lewis Nielsen, um, they're all kids who were on the bench against RFS and I think should should start. Craig will start, um, I hope, because that'll equal Henry and Stephen Presley's record of, of 22 European appearances for Hearts, and he would love nothing more than to get a 23rd next season. So um, I, I think there's, there's, there's probably a few that are going to have to play because we don't have anybody else. And as you say, we just hope they can come through unscathed. We got a few boys back, but the game against Motherwell, as I said last week, the, the 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 Ross County game was even more important than the RFS game. And I know there's money to be had for for a win and everything like that in Europe. The Motherwell game is by far a much more important game than the Istanbul game. So hopefully we get everybody back for that game without any additional kind of knocks and. Uh, and niggles. I was I was slightly concerned when Lauren Shankland kissed the big kissed when he kicked the post, having hit the post with the effort against RFS that that would probably put him out for a month um, with some some other injury for kicking the post. So we need our players need to be wrapped in cotton wool over the next few weeks. But uh, hopefully, once the the World Cup comes and we've got a little bit of a break, we can get the boys back. Indeed, uh, we'll be back next week to discuss. Uh, the next two games. No follow-up episode this week with the game in Turkey. Basically, it's a dead rubber. So we're hoping we'll just come out of that unscathed. Although, hopefully all the Hearts fans who are travelling over, fair play um, for making the trip. Okay, let's do that. If we win, we'll do one. Why not? There we go. Um, But I hope they enjoy their trip. Stay safe over in Istanbul. And um, we'll be back with an episode at some point to discuss maybe just that game maybe the next two games thank you for tuning in um and we'll be back probably next week Sugar and spine I feel nice That sugar and spine